This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Welcome. Welcome to the fourth regional teachers conference sponsored by Zora Masara and the Association of Jewish Day Schools of Greater Baltimore. Welcome to Beis Jacob. My name is Robert Friedman, his wife and myself. We welcome you all to Beis Jacob. I'm sure you'll have an enjoyable day. Wouldn't you rather nice you should be up here? Whatever reason I lost, and for the Meister, so that I should be welcome. Welcome. We're privileged and honored to have such crushable guests, crushable husbands, Captivating and inspiring Talmudin for both the ideal and the real world. That's the topic of Rabatiansky's address, which we'll present in a few moments. Inspiring, inspiration. I would imagine if we think to ourselves, why in the world would we know the funeral? Was it simply to deposit information to a group of boys, a group of girls? Or was it really to touch our students' lives, to inspire? I would venture to say that most of us would say we came into this profession to inspire, to affect a child's life, to determine their children, their children's children, to touch the child's life. And so often we lose, we lose focus on our mission. Are we inspired? Are we inspired, or are we just depositors of information? And inspiration is hard, because only the inspired can inspire. And how do I remain inspired? Because life is tough. There's so many things to do in our own lives. How do we inspire? And how do I remain inspired? This morning, every day in Shema, because it brought and tells us how we have to inspire. So you have brought my Ayla a share of love in the Tatko Hayom Al Levodaka. If it's Al Levodaka, Al Levodaka, then Vishinant of Levodaka. Only if the Gorin or Al Levodaka, not just Bill Gorin, but Al Levodaka, can we hope to inspire the Mukhani Shinant of Levodaka. It's a good comment for us to have Rabbi Yansky here. Rabbi Yansky is the Rosh, based medicine of the Shilling Bill of Greater Washington. Rabbi Yansky is a Machabasvarim. He is simply put a Nari Dorish from all the time. Whatever it had to do with Rabbi Yansky, you can tell his sincerity, his ability to connect with people, to connect with his Talmudin. And certainly, we couldn't have found where the Meister could not have found a better person to really talk to us about captivating and inspiring 
it was, you know, and then, you know, when it came to Maisa, the person didn't know what they wanted from him. Tachlis, this is what we agreed upon, this is what was said. Uh, it's not, this is not a chesed project. That was one side. The other extreme, equally disturbing, were people that I knew to be wonderfully, wonderful about chesed, became literally jungle people. They're Ghanav, they're this, they're that. I'll tell everybody, somebody published an ad in a paper, um, defaming the Golda without even asking Shiloh or anything, just as a, as a tool. And basically, this person's sense was everybody out there is an animal, it's a jungle, the animal world, they deal as animals, and she doesn't even ask that. And if both of those events, don't, both of those extremes are very disturbing, and they won't common, I would say. Um, a similar issue in that came up as people started assuming new relationships. There was somebody, an acquaintance of mine, who treated his in-laws as if they would have been his parents from birth. He treated his boss, he was working for somebody doing some writing, and he went out of his way to do tremendous chassadim for his editor. And I told him, it's not right. There are different relationships. Mixing up relationships is not helpful. And sure enough, when the person had to reject an article written, he was very upset. And there was an entanglement of two relationships that should never have been entangled. And over the years as I've been thinking about it, I guess the theme that came out to me was this tension between the ideal and the real. And I want to discuss it from Torah point of view, and then and, and just get some sort of sense of how as teachers do we approach it with our students. Let's start with Maima um, Hazal. The morale addresses it. What I'm saying is a paraphrasing of what he's saying. It doesn't quite say it in as many words, but I think the theme is there, and, and that will be our guideline. The Mishnah says, in a Torah, in their parents, in Torah. Similarly, it says, their parents, Kodmo the Torah. In their parents, a few times when you have this meshing of Torah and their parents. And let's explain what that meshing of Torah and their parents means. Let's give an example. Let's say, I want to inspire people to climb a high mountain. So I point the mountain and it's majestic. And I show the view from the top and the shots that I took and, and everything describing about the mountain as poetic as I can and, and as, as full of feelings as I can possibly give. And I inspire people to climb that mountain. If I don't give them any sense of how to climb the mountain, of the road to the mountain, then what I did is worse than meaningless. I actually frustrated people. Um, two years ago in the summer, I spent a week at a, at a retreat at the, the, the Southeast place. It's a, it's a beautiful location in the Adirondacks. And right behind the place, there was this magnificent mountain that looked like you could just jump onto it. Um, and I asked somebody, can you go onto the mountain? He said, sure, it's not a problem. 
okay, you know, it's not a problem, it's not a problem. So one early afternoon, I tackled it. First of all, it's about 90 degrees, the, high, the, the, the slope of the mountain was approximately 90 degrees. I, it was full of rocks. I went up way partially, and then I had a problem not to get down from that thing because it was very difficult. And it was upsetting because, I, I mean, I, I really would have liked to go up, but, but I didn't know how. The moral says Torah is supernatural. Supernatural, I don't mean mystical. I mean to ask a person to overcome his inborn needles is beyond nature. People are selfish, people want for themselves, people want to indulge. Everything about Torah is not natural. So you have Torah as the endpoint. Derech Eretz, in its broadest sense, means that literally the word Derek, it is the road within this world that gets to it. Chazal speak, when they speak of their Eretz, Moshe says, Kof of Davis, before Tyre came to the world, that was the Eretz from the Torah of the Avos. Their Eretz means, even within this world that is very physical and selfish, there are points that contain themselves something spiritual, something better, and I can find the road that leads back to Ganadin by following that pathway. The Eretz is a spirituality that's woven into the fabric of the world. That's the Eretz. So Moral explains, to get someplace, you need to have two things. You need to have a point that you get into. If I tell you, somebody has to wish I go, I tell what? The 95 is a great highway. It's the best highway around. Okay, but where should I go? What's the difference? It's a great highway. That's not going to, you, you don't go any place just because it's a nice highway. On the other hand, if I tell you Connecticut is very nice, and I don't know how to get to Connecticut, it's basically as useless as trying to take on a good road. Going any place requires having both a goal, an ideal, and a way how to get there, and an understanding of how to get there. That is in a Torah in their Paris. If there is no end point, if there's nothing that they're aiming for, then basically the road is useless. It's a road to where? Derek Eretz means a road cut through the land. But where is it going to? But in a Derek Eretz in Torah, the Torah as a mountain that's, that's, that's majestic is great. But if you don't have a sense of how to get there, it's also useless. So any Torah in the Torah means that it's words in tandem. You've got to have a goal and you've got to have a means of getting there. And one without the other doesn't exist. That, I think, is the basic structure, so to speak, of the Torah and, and the Torah, of the idea of the real. So as teachers, we have a very, very difficult task. On the one hand, you're supposed to speak of the goal, the idea. You're supposed to paint the end of the road in the brightest colors because it is. The perfect sonic, the perfect world, the perfect test and so on is what we're aspiring to. On the other hand, all of that is useless 
if you don't paint a road going. And let's take, let's focus on an example. And the book used to say that one of the problems with stories of Gedolim is they portray the Gedolim as he is, but not as he became them. So for instance, let's take an example. We take a bunch of kids and we tell them about learning. And the Rebbe is telling them about the Gedolim. The Gedolim slept two hours a night, broken up four times, ate to his Chaz never took his mind off the learning and so on and so forth. And the kid is really, really inspired. If the kid will try it once, twice, three times, will fail. Inevitably, always. And at that point, one of two things will either decide that the stories are nonsense, the two things at once, or will decide that he's a failure. But one of the two, there's going to be an inconsistency between what's been painted as the ideal and who he is. And if he's not there, so either the goal is an illusion, it's a mirage, and now it doesn't exist, or, or he's a failure, or he's a cripple, and there's no way around it. So, so there's a, a, a problem that we paint the ideal, and we don't give them a map through the real world. Let me pick out something that I saw that struck me extraordinarily um, in, in, in what I felt had a very, very um, positive effect in this way. It's, I've, I've photocopied from a book in Hebrew called the Shvilei Rabin. Shvilei Rabin is the pathways of Rabin. It was written by a grandson of the Rabin of Rosh Hashiva. This grandson has a Yeshiva himself today in Exestral. I will tell you a name. I have strong doubt that anyone in the audience will recognize. The name is Moshe Lovitsky. He was a shiva of Rashi. There's a reason why you don't recognize the name. I see some of you are smiling. But the reason is he was overshadowed by a who Everybody saws his Rashi, even though technically Hamzhaim was not really a shiva. It was not. And in the yeshiva world, people are aware of Naftali Shrub, who was the known Rosh Hashim. But there's a story to it, and they write it up. And I read it, and I said to myself, I find this a remarkable value. The story was like this. When Moshe Lundinsky was a Goyen Ola, he was from the last Hamidim of the Lajan, he knew Kalatari Pulu, where the Chavitz Chaim needed information. And when Moshe Lundinsky was the one that he had advised, and he asked him, the Moshe was the bucky. The Moshe Lundinsky told the son for Weiss, I heard it himself, that he had chasm to overcome over a thousand times. He was an extraordinary Nazmith, an extraordinary player. He was still part of the old school of learning, which didn't focus on the type of learning of kindness that brought to the world. And the male and Shurim were not all that popular. So people respected him, but, and the, because Chaim saw this, he felt the yeshiva was not getting quality content on even needed. And instead, he took Rabbi Napoli who was a brilliant market share. He asked for Moshe Lindsky permission to do so. He hesitated, but he gave his consent. And then Napoli became the brilliant magnet of two people to Rabbi. And everybody in the yeshiva world for Napoli Shrub, the Rishadana, are very famous. And people know what that's like. Most of it, pretty much most people do not know. 
they, they write this up. They portray that Moshe's own feelings about it. I'm not going to read it in Hebrew, it's not an easy Reb Moshe needed an extraordinary measure of emotional strength in order to be able to, to come to grips with giving up Rosh Hashidah for Naphtali. His greatness and his tremendous personality gave him the strength that was needed to be able to continue without his affecting his daily Avodah Hashem. Reb Moshe told somebody, one of his close ones, when he thinks about what happened, he began imagining, imagine says I was pulled up to Shemai, and they told me, Reb Moshe, what would you prefer? To continue being a Shashiva, and then we'd have to remove you from this world? Or to give up the Shashiva um, position, and to continue to live? I certainly want to live, and I'd give up being a Shashiva. These thoughts make it a lot easier on me to give up my job with my Shashiva. And he said, Believe me, it's not a par- it's not a muscle. This is really giving me the strength to live. And it goes through a whole chapter of different uh, ways. He walked by once in Shiva and he used to get 50, um, 60 bucks in that share. The Matol used to get 250. And he used to walk by and say, you know, it, it's hard for me, but for Hashem, there is such a possibility of that. The reason what I found most uh, profound about this chapter was that it's, it had, had, it, had it not been written up, had the story gone, they took in somebody else and was very happy, learned about it, and was not in Canada, and that was it. I would not get much out of the story. It's the top of the mountain, and I would, you know, it, it's not relevant to me. And, and I, to understand that he struggled up that mountain, you're talking about something that goes to the core of someone's nephesh, the struggle with it and overcoming it, I have a roadmap. And and I have a way to, 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 to incorporate it. I'm not the person in the I'm not going to be much in the But once the word struggle is put in, and it's emphasized enough, that there's a road that goes to the mountain, it becomes very, it becomes very meaningful to me. I, I want to illustrate it with um, a story that um, happened with somebody in, in, uh, in Yeshiva Bayas. There's somebody, a wonderful boy, big master, and so on. Something's been bothering him, and there was always something, I realized something's bothering him, and I couldn't put a finger on it. And something came to the head. They let it out. And then I, I, I talking and so on. This was somebody who was a wonderful boy, very average abilities, but really used well. He had a brother three years older than him, that's about his own name, who is a super superstar. And he's been living all his life in the shadow. And um, he, you know, every every year in school would be the same thing. Oh, great, we're getting a, a gold seat. not gold seat, a gold seat in class, phenomenal. You get the front seat. First, you seat number one. By the end, he had made it to the last seat. This was year after year after year. So basically, he stopped being filmed for a while and came down with it. But when someone helped try to deal with it, it went as follows. Okay, what's the problem? Well, we believe our Kaddish Prophet did everything. Our Kaddish Prophet knows what he's doing. So what's it to be jealous about? 
no reason to be jealous. It says Aaron, when he met Moshe Rabbeinu, was happy. Ended. No jealousy. Finished. Um, he didn't. He, I mean, he couldn't argue with the argument, but he he wasn't there. I told him I want to say something. A, this is a lifetime project. You don't get rid of such deep-seated anguish like this. All the arguments, we're not talking about arguments. It's not a question of, it's not a math problem. You're talking about a person living with someone who goes to the core of the shaman. I said, and, and it's something you have to struggle with. The, 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 the ability to struggle with it and understand that it's a step-by-step thing is very much harder. I, I, so, first thing, the first clue I want to identify is as you portray the ideal, you have to portray the real as well. Chesed is chesed, but the person who's, in, who's in, is, um, running the business is trying to make a profit. Understand what are the hours of the world. We're not at, in a world where Malachim roast pigeons and, and, and pour wine for everybody. People are earning, people are working, people see things their way. Understanding the realities of the world is one important criteria. And at different ages, our medium have to understand it and see it. It's, it's something that's very difficult. You, it, you, you, you can't portray chesed as the only thing in the world. It's got to be understood there's mishka, there's right, there's wrong, some is a bit more, some is a bit less. Can I do so much? Someone once asked me what to do with tremendous chesed for somebody. It really was beyond what I felt. He's hateful emotionally to it. I mean, he could do it, he would do it, but if he's an impulsive person, I told him, no, because what's going to happen is after you do it, you're going to be upset. And you're going to regret doing it. You're going to have kindness to that person because he can't do it back to you. He's not, no one else is going to do it to you. And instead of the chesed becoming a building block, it's going to become a very destructive feature of your relationship. So understanding, and it's a hard one because you've got to paint your deal and you've got to paint the real, and they both have to, and they both have to coexist. A second include along this line. The Gemara says that when you would send a, um, when they would send the person to push the Sir Lazazel off the mountain, it was hot, it was in the desert, it was mountain climbing also, so they were afraid that he would um, start feeling bad because of his highness. So it says, he, um, they had ten little resting areas, ten little staging areas from the, 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 um, the, the, the where they left from the Harabayas until the soup, until the cliff where they have to push them over. I'll call Sukkah the Sukkah Amenloch. They would tell them on each food, Harei Mazon, Harei Mayim. There's food, there's work. You feel okay? If not, you're allowed to drink, you're allowed to eat, do it. On Malavan also the Sukkah the Sukkah, they would accompany him from Sukkah the Sukkah, except for last one, where he didn't need to. It's not enough to tell somebody at the end of the journey there's going to be food and work. Don't worry. If you feel you're dehydrating or eating, well, as soon as you finish this, there's food and water. They have to pace step by step by step. Each one had to have a sukkah to feed the way Chazal evaluated what would be the right amount 
to do it. In other words, you need to understand avoda in terms of stages. And that's very important. In other words, there are only two stages. Either when I'm jealous, I take the toy away from my, from my brother, or I give it to him with my heart singing. There's, there are ten sukkahs there in the middle, probably a thousand. And it's important to give people many goals. The first thing is, I let him have it. I feel bad, it bothers me, it hurts me, but it's the right thing. A second stage is, I imagine, let's say, what would he feel like? What does he think? It, it's, and, and not enough work is done with this. I think um, one of the reasons why sometimes kids get a lot when they go to psychologists, I try to think a lot about the difference between the counselor and psychologist figure and the revenue figure, and obviously they overlap and overmesh. The psychologist has the ability to map out stages, and that's very helpful. People like to understand step one, step two, step three, step four, and not always in Kinnok do we have that mindset or ability. If you tell a kid, okay, if you learn really start, you can have a lot of patience to learn well. You know, if the gap is here and, and there. If you tell them, okay, the first stage is when you feel bored. Okay, the second stage is you start copying some things, but, but not everything. And, and the third stage is this. If you can break it down with a new language, and there's, and there's reward on each stage. When I reach stage one, stage two, stage three, and so on, it makes a whole lot of difference. I thought myself once that that's a lot of times the sharpest difference. A, a completely what's called a secular psychologist, the mindset would be he's got the road mapped out, but where it's going to, if, I mean, he doesn't have a total amount, it's, you should feel good. So, so the road is basically taking back to itself. It's not going anywhere. We in the total world have a beautiful place to approach. We're lacking a lot in the step-by-step. I remember when I was a young boy, I was learning in the yeshiva. It wasn't, it was very little of yeshiva in those days in high school. And I picked up the Golders book, the, the Sefer, Ali Shur. And I was entranced by the fact that there's a sense of direction and a map and stages. He had stage one for beginning Yeshiva Brothers, stage two for more advanced, stage three for Ben Amir and stage four for a whole hectic of, of, of the world. It gave me a tremendous sense of knowing there's a structure <coughs> and stages. The Mesosashara, which is probably the primary work of Musa, is a work built on a sumo, on a ladder. I mean, the problem is the rungs are very far apart for us, being from Zrizis to Zrizis to Zrizis to Zrizis to Zrizis is, 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 a, is, a, is a tremendous fan, but it's there. It, and ironically, uh, not ironically, but I probably that's the reason why Revolver calls the safer, a safer of Hadrocha. The word Hadrocha, which means guidance in, in Hebrew, means the Koshidera. It is a road. You tell a person, these are the problems, these are obstacles, and these are markers of success. You can actually mark these up as success. So the second point is, one is understanding that it's a long, hard, and hot road. And I told this person who had this issue with his brother, I said, this is your lifetime of hope. I said, a spiritual would give you 120 years to go from a horrendous feeling of non-existence, 
and the brother's limelight to understand the yourself value. It's not going to hold it for a month, it's not going to hold it for a year, not even a decade. That's, that seems to be the single most significant fact in your life. And it takes 120 years to work it out. That's what I'm going to your life for. Don't worry about the life. And it takes tremendous amount of confidence to map out bits and pieces of each and every one. The, um, my Rebbe of Chaim Kulevitz used to say that whenever we speak about Mishama and a group, we tend to, to say the group is a terrible part, Mishama is published and beautiful and so on. The Mishnah in Pergoba says, How did Mazikin, shade of demons, come into the world? I thought a who had Mishamas that he did not have a chance to give them a book. And the time is to say, a Mishama without a book in this world is a mazik, it's a kurv. It's not a, a, a the, 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 the book is a vehicle that allows it to navigate this world. In other words, an Ephraim was alluding to this. An unbridled um, idealism that doesn't have any sense and safe and understanding of where it's navigating. It, it, it's like somebody driving with a map and not, not looking at the road. It, it, it's bound to crash. And, and understanding the Messias is very much part of it. Um, there's uh, one more mime of Rambutna I would like to repeat that I think is very relevant. It's his first letter printed up in his letters. It was written in 1920. And he says, He who has great ideals in his heart, or as I think would probably be more correct, someone whose heart beats with great ideals, but does not understand how to realize them in day to day life, is like someone who has a very large coin and he must and he can't make use of it because nobody's going to change it. It's like somebody walking out of a million dollar check. It, it, it's basically useless. No, nobody's going to make a million dollar check. It, it's, it's a, if you don't know where to cash it, it's a useless instrument. So having that without it is not is, is not useful. This is the Mara and Kulik. A very, it's, a, it's an agarita, and the Gemara says it's a very strange um, description of a certain bird. Rabbi Huda said, Koas, Koas is, a, is a, a type of bird mentioned in, in the, the Torah as being a coming bird to Hakuk. Rachem, there's a bird called Rachem, Zul Shrak Shrak. Shrak is, I don't know what type of bird it is. But it, it whistles a lot. The word shrak shrak means to whistle, to be chirp a lot. Under the Eitan, Loma Nikro Shmoy Rachem, why is it called Rachem? Kibushe Borachem Borachem Borachem. When you hear the bird chirping, it's announcing that there's Rachem coming to the world. As an aside, the Masha asks over here, why is it uh, a coming bird? This is what he does. Amar Abibi Barbaye, Abibi said, no, it, it, it's not always true. If it's resting on something and then it's chirping, then it's 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 a psura brachmi. and we've learned the yosef ahara. If it sits on the ground, mashara, also mashiach mashiach will come. So it's one of these gemaras that is very very veiled. We don't know exactly what it is. But I think there's a certain um, 
the sense of the gift that, that, that is very much on our line with what we're saying. A bird is always seen as being flighty, airy, not it, 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 it's, it's something that's not really connected with the seas. On the one hand, a bird is a, is, is a, is a symbol of Rukhias. Tzipora is called Tzipora, and, and the Maral explains that Tzipora is light. Claudius solves that Tzipora Lovasar, it says that that symbolizes Kaisal because it's, it, and it's kind of light. It, there's something um, very, very real about it. That's, that's one thing. On the other hand, the flip side of it is it's not connected. Birds chirping is, is an empty type of sound. It, it's, it's a light sound. It's, it's not something that's solid. So the shrike is called the whistler. It's called the chirper. That's the whistler of bird. And it doesn't mean anything unless it's sitting on something. In other words, unless it's somewhat connected, then it's a sign for acting. But if it were ever to sit on the ground, if it ever has its two feet on the ground, that's when it's a sin for Mashiach, for Geula. And when Hazal wanted to say demons, because they look like people, but their feet are like chickens. In other words, they're not solidly rooted in the Messiah. Like we said from Kaim, a Neshama without a roof becomes a massive. So let's recap the points that, we, that we've made. There is, in teaching, um, I mean, the kids are coming from the so-called real world. And the job of the teacher is to change them ideal to bring them up. We're supposed to uplift them. We are, we're supposed to bring them to a higher than what their bodies are, what their Messiah is. But on the other hand, in any Torah and their parents, in their parents and parents, just to inspire and inspire a shikifa for something ideal without relating it to the real world is not accomplishing much, and sometimes it works. And therefore, you must understand also something about the reality of the world. And I must make a remark, in some ways, boys have an easy way to with this, because the Gemara, the, 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 the part of the Torah that's Musa deals usually with the idea. Gemara, is you spend a lot of time, okay, so he says this, you say that, is he lying, is he lying? What does he get? Why should he get it? Why should he not get it? There is a certain sense that the Gemara does build in a chinuch to things that are real. But be it as it may, every child, unless there's an understanding of realities, understanding different relationships, what's right, who's setting, and, and so on, is a very important part of it. And it's a difficult tension, because how do you keep balancing between painting the world that's cool or cold, the notes of cool or milk or higher learning, and the world that we're in. Two, the children need to have a map. And they need to understand. The first thing they need to understand is the road to accomplishment is not one lesson, not two lessons. It's a lifetime of order. Like I've spoken it's 120 years. That's what's needed to accomplish. One day less is not effective. Whatever we needed out is to take care of it. And the neighbor understanding that there are the, the real big things Kina and, and Kusha and Chesed, all those things are lifetime works. And that's why a person who's, who's a Zuckin is so much more developed. Third of all, we need to put some effort into thinking about 
tried to do stages. You know, it's when we talk about Kino, we talk about Chesed, when we talk about any other Nidatova, and anything else that we want to teach, try to understand give little circles, piece by piece by piece, and, and so that the child has a sense of this is an accomplishment. For me, if I was born in such a difficult situation, step eight is an accomplishment. It really is. It's a little peak. There's a peak after that. But it's a peak. It's a mountain that I climb, and it's, 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 it's a stage in our the, um, the, this I decided to prepare before, uh, a while back, when we spoke about what we should speak. Ashkafa put it that we should come out from the shiver of the Newburgers kind of Rafa, and I had, uh, I think, really no review until I came here. When I came here, I went and introduced myself 10 years ago. He was extraordinarily warm to me and very, very, um, like it helped me in many ways, a lot of Fatima, a lot of practical ways. Um, he felt, on, on the other hand, he felt he was in the Yeshiva lot of the three years of his life. He felt he changed his life in the near, when Zimu was alone. Showed him a lot of them at their time, but I could not think of a talk more appropriate, zipper, really smartly than um, this this uh, talk. If there's somebody I think that represented this combination of touring their past and the way we're talking about, of having ideals and the real meshed together, of being as politically astute as can be, and as financially sharp as can be, and navigating all, using all of those talents and abilities and connections in front of everything for one goal, he was the extraordinary good man. And as Hazal said, when, when the, he was the shrap of the door, I think, that sat with two feet on the ground, it, his, his mind, and his shi'ifos, or Torah, and Torah, and his reality that was able to navigate it. And it's not only that he used his, his different, his chachma and his connection and everything to Torah, the way he did it was also Kiddushanaya. You know, he, he was smart and astute, but never devious. He was strong-willed, strong-minded, never abrasive. It, it was the, the way itself, the role itself, carried some of that fragrance of the goal. And I, I think that that's something that we lost. It's an extraordinary, extraordinary combination. And it's, it's something that goes, I think, at the heart of what we're all doing. And in as much as we keep, in as much as we keep up the quality of the bird, we feed on the ground together, that's the heart of it. Let me put it. I, I don't think that there's such a thing 
as it being safety. If the story is too from, you know, but in our mind, if the story carries negative elements, we think about it as possibly rejected. If it's purely positive, then we don't feel more than rejected. I don't think that's correct. I told somebody once, uh, myself as a buffer, someone told me a story, true or not true, that the Shagasari learned shafts a thousand times. They some, some story of that nature. I told them, I want to tell you two things. First of all, that story is absolutely meaningless to me. If, if, if you tell me that my Kabusa went shots twice, that, that'll get my juices churning. But the Shagasari learned it a thousand times. That's why it's Shagasari, that's why I'm me. That, that doesn't, doesn't really mean anything. And it's also, is it right? A child is being told that in this situation, the Aaron gave it up. But is that the lesson that this child should know? Is it, is it right or not? And it's, it, it, there is no such thing as safe if it's too good. Too good is also not safe. That, that I do need to say. And obviously, we're, we're humans, and we don't have time to weigh and sift every story, but at least have an idea that the goals have to be real, and they have to be what's appropriate for the kid. And, and if it's an ideal, at least he understands where it's going to. I, I once read Rachelna Kozovsky, the latest one who ever spent about He's an extraordinary person. He had a great stature. I was privileged to have some pleasure to represent the kitchen. I used to speak to him occasionally. I still don't have to use the sound of the world. And he would tell the rebellion the following. He's a great mechanic. He told them the following balance in terms of the concept of learning. A lesson should be on the children's level, except for, like, I mean, you could say something that's a step above that. And he said it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's an appropriate combination, because learning means what you understand, and the knowledge that there's something better than that, something higher than that. And you say you need to do it, but the balance has to be something within the realm of where they're holding, and occasionally a spark of a world that, that, that's higher. No, well, well, I, I just, you know, the difficulties of learning, you could, you, you could tell them at first, one of the things that made a profound impression on me, spurred to learning was, that at a stage when I was young, and learning was dry and not interesting, I heard from somebody who was a big, big master, I, I overheard a conversation, this person was a 